Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of A Higher Branch and what an episode it is. As we are going to air, it is the start of Mental Health Awareness Week, something that is very close to my heart. That is why this week I am joined by my good friend and a higher branches faculty member, Mark Bunn, to talk all things mental health. Mark is an international speaker, leading health researcher of Ayurvedic medicine, best-selling author, and the CEO of the David Lynch Foundation, which uh, a lot of you would know of and is a not-for-profit charity that uh, I absolutely love. And during this episode, Mark and I do a deep dive into mental health and how COVID-19 has impacted all of us. But this is from a very different perspective that you would have heard from our previous episodes with Dr. Guy Winch, Alessandro Edwards, and Dr. Amy Silva. So during this episode, we discuss the shift away from the negative stigma associated with mental health and why now more than ever, it is important to check in on those around you and how to do it. So I hope this episode provides you with the guidance you need to help navigate through these uncertain times and the strength you have been searching for. So sit back and take in every bit of advice that Mark Bunn has to offer. And Mark, welcome back to the High Branch podcast on what is, I think, your third or fourth appearance. It's absolutely a joy as always, buddy. I uh, love your good self and love the community. So uh, always good to be here. Now, uh, the topic today is uh, uh, everything to do with mental health. Uh, we're recording it on the day, on the Are You OK Day? But by the time it actually gets released, this podcast uh, will be published in the month of October, which is the Mental Health Awareness Month. And now I want to do a deep dive into uh, your take on mental health and what's going on with the global consciousness and um, a move towards more of an enlightened world, which gives us a feeling of hope and empowerment. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you. But first, so I just want to get an update on your book, your, your second book. How, how's that going? Uh, when will our community expect that? Because your first book uh, was very, very popular. Uh, so, um, yeah, please uh, update us. Yeah, well, one of the um, benefits of COVID-19 for me um, has been time away from getting on planes and travelling around speaking. So it's given me the time to actually write. And I'm actually writing two more books um, one is a follow-up to Ancient Wisdom for Modern Health, so it's called The Higher Wisdom, so diving in a lot sort of deeper into the ancient wisdoms of health and happiness. Um, that was largely written already, except for one chapter. And my, uh, So my partner, Annie, is editing that as we speak, uh, and that's getting close. I'd say that would be probably early next year. We'll get that out. Um, and then just within the last couple of months, I've written another book, um, all around transcendence. Um, I've actually mentioned yourself and the great Tom Sullivan in there, actually, um, with a link to meditation, but it goes into this idea of, um, you know, transcendence and how that differs from many of the other sort of mental techniques we use today for sort of self-development and, you know, all the great sort of rishis and the sages right through to the, you know, the William Jameses and the great philosophers and Plato's, what they sort of have done to maximise their mental capacity um, to unlock sort of this sort of high level creativity and innovation and inner peace and happiness and all that. So that'll be hopefully out even before the end of the year. Excellent. And uh, uh, later on, if you can tell us a little bit about your appearance at an event in Byron Bay that's coming up. So I don't want to forget about that. As we spoke offline, I think half the world is descended on Byron Bay. <laughs> <laughs> all the way from Hollywood, Melbourne, and you were lucky enough to um, escape from the Melbourne lockdown just before the borders closed. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're so lucky to have you here in New South Wales. So Yeah, yeah. I just can't stop thanking my you know, lucky stars. You know, we just were partner and I came up about a week before the, the uh, latest spike just for the purposes of staying with some friends out in um, pit town about an hour out of Sydney to, to get the book writing done to sort of get away from yes. things and had no idea that 
you know, we weren't going to go back for a few months um, with what's uh, transpired. But, yeah, all my family's still down there, so many friends, and it's just really, really, really tough for so many people. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's really fortunate. And uh, thanks for your time uh, today. Now, one of the most profound things uh, that I've heard uh, you say is, uh, and you use the analogy of the sun on a cloudy day, that people think the sun is not there, but the sun is, in fact, still shining behind those clouds. And at the moment, we feel, you know, I employ, you know, close to 300 people and I mentor and talk to them regularly. So I experience firsthand this dark cloud that's descended over humanity and especially, you know, my staff down in Victoria who are finding it really, really tough, you know, to stay mentally, uh, for them to keep shining you know, using yeah. your analogy that our inner essence is still below the surface. Can you tell us a little bit about your take on, uh, you know, our spirit or our consciousness? And because I, I really love the way you explain it. It's, uh, it's hopeful and it's empowering. Mm. Well, first thing I would say is how lucky they are to have you to be working with and to looking after them as we'll come back around, I'm sure in a moment, is that's obviously the key. You know, these personal connections and having people that care about us when we're going through tough times. And I guess the, the framework I'd like to put on it is that every single one of us, no matter what our level of what we could consider our level of consciousness or evolution, part of life is, if you can think of it, as growing pains. And so just because someone is, we can think of highly advanced or highly successful, they still have to go through a certain amount of pain or adjustment to keep evolving. It's like a, a baby, you know, a baby has growing pains. Going from a 12-year-old to a 13-year-old going into puberty isn't all fun and bliss. There's actually challenges physically, mentally, emotionally. But the end result is that we grow into a better, stronger, more resilient person and eventually an adult and so the understanding is that we as individuals are part of a collective we all sort of know this intuitively and so collectively as a planet this is a bit like a growing pain situation for many decades it's my belief that we collectively have violated what I call the fundamental laws of nature as a human species we're designed to live in tune with mother nature to rise with the sun, you know, eat our main meals during the day when the body can digest it, to go to sleep at night when the sun descends, you know, to live as communities and to eat food that comes out of the ground, not from a laboratory. But for decades, we've been violating these principles. And so like everything, like a wise mother or a loving parent, if the, if the child goes off course, they don't just say keep going, they give some redirection you know you've got to recalibrate put some boundaries on and even some punishment if you like and so this is what we're going through it's called a like a phase transition the wise yogis or the enlightened saints call it that as individuals we're evolving to higher states of consciousness that's not always easy sometimes there's mental stress or mental demons that we have to sort of get through it's not pleasant at the time but if we can get through it preferably with the support of loved ones and enlightened bosses like yourself then the then the the path through it is is easier and that's also what i believe we're going through at the moment as a world group a phase transition where we're getting rid of a lot of the old ways of doing things that weren't ideal and coming into a more sort of enlightened community-based world with some growing pains obviously so you see you see it as a positive Absolutely, as a positive. Even COVID-19, and again, I say, you know, all my family, my friends are in Melbourne at the moment. I too, and this is probably worth sharing, that over the last three or four years have probably been the toughest years of my life. Relative to others, maybe, you know, I've been okay. But I've had a really, re I even remember talking to you, what, 12, 18 months ago, and I was talking about how I had really low energy, you remember? I'm yes, really yes. down and my energy and and a lot of other things I was going through too, really tough, you know, just what's, you know, my purpose in life and my health. And so, 
but I knew at the time that this was, it's a growing pain. It was really uncomfortable. I wasn't enjoying many facets of it, but I knew it was, in a sense, Mother Nature telling me I have to change my ways. I was living on adrenaline for 40 years, always pushing and driving and trying to do everything myself and not working teams so much. And, and so now that I'm coming out of that phase, looking back, I can see that it was a, exactly what I needed. And so I think this is the, one of the principles we want to touch on for people listening today, that if you can go forward 6, 12, 18 months and look back on this time and maybe see it through the lens of, you know, what's Mother Nature or the higher power that we believe in? What's the deeper lessons here? And already we're seeing so many good things coming out of this challenging time. You know, I'm hearing reports that, you know, parents are spending 70% more time with their kids. The people are cooking, cooking at home 60 to 70% more often. They're um, trying to grow their own food at home more and more. They're connecting more as communities, even if it is online and in Zoom. The planet as a whole is getting a massive rest from airplane travel and pollution and all these sorts of things. So it is really tough, but it is that, that phase transition in the Vedic understanding, which is my Eastern medicine training, they understand that everything operates through three principles. It's like you're flying a kite and you've got three strings. One is the force of creation and growth. In Vedic terminology, it's called Brahma. It's in scientific terms, it's that creative principle, starting something new, like a new company. Another principle is the main maintenance principle those laws of nature that help maintain something. And then the third principle is actually a destructive principle. Now, we think of destruction as something that's bad. But in Mother Nature's wisdom, the destructive principle is not bad. It's just part of the overall way of evolution. And so for us to grow into a new person, a more enlightened, loving, happier, joyful being, we have to dissolve or destroy the old part of ourselves that's blocking that. And so the three have to go together. So in a cosmic sense at the moment, and COVID-19 is like the catalyst for very much this dissolving or destroying the old ways that are going to allow us to have more of the creative and maintenance ways to come. So, And individually, of course, many people are going through exactly that at the moment. So it's not pleasant by any means, but in the long term, I'm sure we're going to look back individually and collectively and see COVID-19 as one of the best things to ever happen to our planet. What about the person sitting at home now? So let's use Victoria as an example, who is uh, an extrovert, loves being out and about socializing they get the energy from uh talking to others and it they're they're suffering like in mm. silence a lot of a lot of people are depressed uh suicide is on the rise in victoria and the media is not really reporting it apparently there's been more suicides than COVID deaths in victoria mm. and tragically it's for young, uh, young people what you're saying you know is beautiful because it's uh it's like a bushfire, right? That there is destruction, but then there's beautiful growth after that. So, yes, it's a beautiful reset button. But how does someone get themselves out of that funk, you know, of that they can't see the sun, you know, shining within them? What they, what they see is the dark clouds. And um, so how do they see through that? Because... People are depressed about their individual freedoms that are taken away. I think there's a distinction here. I don't want to get political about it, but mm. just just to maybe mention it for those people who are thinking at the moment that, well, yes, COVID has made us, you know, hit the reset button, rethink, you know, how much we're driving to and from work, you know, how much we're eating out, how much we're in distraction mode. It's making us think about those things, but now it feels like it's gone too far in the sense that it's not COVID now restricting us, it's yeah. government and going, government's telling us what to do, you know. 
And uh, I talk to a lot of people who say, look, I don't need anyone telling me to wear a mask or to wash my hands, or if I'm outside, I'm going to be arrested. That's, that's what's uh, stressing people out a lot at the moment. It's this sense that you, you're, it's not Mother Nature restricting you. It's, you know, powers, you know, government powers. And that's what's, you know, making people very, very stressed at the moment. Uh, it's that feeling of helplessness, that powerless. They see images on television of someone you know, who's protesting or being dragged away, kicking and screaming. I mean, these are highly distressing images. And I've come across a lot of people in the last few weeks, especially in Victoria, people that I'm coaching who are just like really depressed, Mark, yeah. now uh, because, because of these images. They feel trapped in their own homes. It's like going to jail for a crime you didn't commit, right? Mm. <laughs> um, so... It's just, it's just uh, I wanted to make that comment uh, just for those people that are listening who are thinking that way. Now, the question I want to ask you, which is not really related to this, is that how does, how does one talk about their mental health or their stress? Let's not call it mental health. There's a stigma attached to it, you know. For me growing up, I'm in my late 50s now, and for me growing up, there was a stigma attached mm. to having stress or anxiety, you know, they called it a mental health problem. You're often actually, you know, ostracized distanced, or, yeah. Yeah, ostracized, and that made matters worse. But we yeah. live in an era where you have RUIK Day, which is today, and we live in an era where there's more awareness. Now, my question to you, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing to talk about too much about your mental health state is, is there such a thing as wallowing too much in that i'm a person that if i'm feeling down i'll just go i'll do something i won't talk about it i'll just go and work out or go for yeah. a run or get sunshine or yeah. you know commune with nature and all those things so uh, the, about the mental health awareness is it good and is it bad at some uh, yeah. you know at some levels well my and it's only my opinion but i believe like most things it's it's a balance you know there's usually a point in between and the point in between is actually different for different people and that's what we often get conditioned to that there's this one sort of panacea that it's this perfect way of doing things but um again when i was a kid it's a, it's a family joke in my family that when i was um up to probably 2022 20, living at home I would say absolutely nothing. You know, my parents would go away for a week and I'd go and be playing football or whatever. And I could have the best game ever and they'd come home and say, how'd you go? And I'd say, yeah, not bad. And that's all they'd get out of me. It was a classic. And I yeah. paid the price for that. I realise now, looking back, that I didn't communicate. And when you don't communicate, and you've spoken about this before at your events and podcasts, when we're not vulnerable, then that's the worst thing for our mental health, inverted commas. Um, and so I learned that the hard way. But I, like you, I think there is a, a balance. If I start to do that too much, then I just, I feel weak and I'm just not myself and I'd rather do something proactive. And so it's different for each one of us. And I think this is where it ties into your earlier point about the government. My earlier point, I hope, wasn't too sort of rosy and big picture and because as we're going to speak about in a moment, I think, you know, to the point of people suiciding and in the foundation I work with, you know, we actually hear about people suiciding because of the trauma they're going through. And it's my belief, without getting political, I believe that governments are in a such a tough situation, rock and a hard place. But the Victorian government, for example, to me, are looking at everything just through the lens of COVID cases and COVID fatalities. And that's not actually accurate. It's like speed in a car. You know, we all travel at 100 kilometres an hour on a freeway and we have however many hundred road deaths per year. So someone could say, well, 300 people are dying a year. If we reduce the speed limit to 20 kilometres an hour, we will reduce those. And that's true. But the byproduct is... All businesses would probably go out of business and we can't, you know, the teenagers, we can't get to social functions and it just brings the whole community to a standstill. And so COVID is a similar 
thing. What your point is, is that, yes, we can do everything possible, lock people away who are isolated and can't be social and connect if they're extroverts for the sake of getting the cases down as low as we can. But the byproduct is that people's emotional and mental health suffers and suicides go up and people can't get to doctor's appointments to be diagnosed for their life threatened. You know, it goes on. So I think the flip side is that we are very slowly, hopefully getting to government's awareness that people's emotional health and to be able to go out, even though the COVID cases might increase to some degree, the overall benefit is that's just critical. We can't have people being, as you say, locked away and isolated and and that. So that's a roundabout sort of It's a answer, beautiful point. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm glad you called that out. Now, so what what's your advice for someone who is, you know, living in Victoria at the moment, especially in Melbourne, who is stuck at home, they're on a computer on Zoom all day, you know, in meetings or on their email, and they've got this feeling of, powerlessness, helplessness, like a dog on a leash, if you like. Uh, what can they do now from, from a day-to-day lifestyle perspective to really part those dark clouds that cause mental health issues? Mm. Well, my, again, my thoughts on this is that ideally the ultimate is it's not what those individuals do for themselves. It's my belief that the main reason we have these issues is because the collapse of the fabric of community and connection in our societies. Most of my research on the longest living, healthiest cultures throughout time, the two main differences are not the food they eat, the fresh water, the, you know, exercise up the mountains they do. It's their sense of community. Everything's about connection and family and how they value aging as they get older, they're more venerated, respected, and reversed. So my shout out to people listening, first of all, is if you have even moderate levels of, you know, mental health at the moment, you're actually doing okay, then what can you do to help someone else lifting them up? So someone in Victoria, I do a thing every day, where on my little notepad, I pick out one person that I either give a phone call to or an email to that I know is either living by themselves and they're isolated or I know they're just going through a really tough time. And I just, out of the blue, ring them or email them or text them. And so that's one because it's that will do more for someone struggling because we all know, don't we, when, we're, when, the, when the shutters are, are, you know, it's dark in the room and everything's heavy and we're depressed, Mark Bunn can tell you till he's blue in the face to go outside in the morning and expose yourself to some early morning sunlight and do some exercise and meditate. And and they just say, well, get stuffed, Mark Bunn. I couldn't be, you know, when we're at that level. So it's what, it's Mm. what others around them and even those that aren't close to them. It's just the randoms, the stranger, because there's no strangers. And this is what I believe the, the silver lining is we're going to realize from this whole COVID that, we are all connected. And so if someone in Melbourne is struggling, don't leave it up to them to get themselves out of the mire. What can we do to give them a call, send them a letter, email, anything? Leave them a nice I little love that. flowers on the doorstep, you know, cut them some, you know, go and do something. There's a great story I wrote in my first book um, about a guy in America and he was a self-development coach. And it was actually... Ex- exactly about this point, there was a guy, one of his clients, who was really, he was depressed, basically. And this this guy, whose name was Guy, sorry to confuse it, he was trying to help him. And so rather than telling him all these things to do that, you know, we would normally think of healthy things, he said, can you think of someone who is doing it even tougher than you in life at the moment, someone you know in your environment that's just really, really going through a tough time. And the guy said, well, yeah, there's this lady downstairs. He was in an apartment building. He says, there's a lady downstairs and she's elderly and always there's all this rubbish that builds up outside her apartment door. I know she can't clean it and she's always, I'm just 
it breaks my heart whenever I see it. And so Guy says, I'm going to stay on the phone. What I want you to do is go downstairs and, you know, clean up outside her apartment. 15 minutes later, the guy comes back and he says he's just a completely different person, you know, because he's just, he's helped. And most of us, it's all relative. And you talk about gratitude. And again, people in Victoria, people that are working for you, so, so, so tough. But there's also people out there we know who are, you know, young kids suiciding. Can you imagine how bad life must be to even consider, let alone taking your own life? And there's always, nearly always someone doing it even worse than we are. And so that would be my little first step suggestion. Just look around who's doing it even worse than you are and focus on trying to lift them up. And the law of karma, the law of reciprocity, Mother Nature's eternal formula is help someone else. The byproduct is you actually feel better yourself. Wow, that was beautiful. I was expecting you to talk about sunshine <laughs> and uh, forest bathing. So that, that's absolutely beautiful. It's, yeah, uh, yeah that's well, just on me. that, that's before really, the next really question, good. when I do yeah. talks, I talk about the mental health spectrum. And that at one extreme end of the spectrum are those people that are just suffering so much. They just can't help themselves. You know, they're on the limit. And they're, and the point is, it's society, it's us collectively, as families, as communities that have to lift them up from the bottom of the well. But for 90% of people, maybe, they're somewhere else along that spectrum. And so for those that are somewhere else, even if it's sort of at the lower end, then, yeah, things like early morning sunlight, number one, we know what it does to the brain, the pineal gland, it stimulates the neurochemistry of more sort of happiness and joy and positivity. Anything to do with nature, we know just getting outside near trees and plants, forest bathing, um, the gut microbiome, we now know that the soil, Mother Nature's Earth, has its own microbiome. So when we're near a natural environment, we actually take in some of that bacteria. It's healthy and it makes us improve our own gut microbiome. Science tells us that at least 50%, sometimes up to 70 to 80% of our neurotransmitters in our brain, where do they come from? Our gut. And so, yeah. All these things are helpful if we're somewhat further along the, the spectrum. But, um, yeah. So getting back to that, you know, connecting with people who uh, may not may be doing it tough or maybe connecting with some, even if you are doing it tough yourself, connecting and helping someone who's doing it even tougher than you. Um, some people I know have asked me, it's awkward. They say, well, I haven't spoken to John, you know, in six months, but I've heard he's doing it tough or mm -hmm. I haven't spoken to Sally in a month and I haven't responded to her text messages. I feel a bit awkward because I've been busy. So how do I reconnect without sounding condescending, you know, to someone who might, might be doing it tough? Like it, it can be condescending to call up. Are you yeah. okay? Yeah. You know, if someone called me and said, are you okay? I said, bugger off. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. How do you go about that conversation, Mark? How do you? Yeah, no, it's an absolutely fantastic question. And sometimes it's um, like, are you okay day? I think it has its pros and cons. Um, but one yeah. of the pros is that it actually does create that doorway to start the conversation. You've got that excuse of, you know, are you okay day to, to do it. But Absolutely, it's got to be done really delicately. And so sometimes I think it's maybe not the phone call. If you haven't spoken to someone for a long time, rather than going straight into that, you know, deep and meaningful phone call, it might be just a quick text or an email, sort of more broadly um, flavoured to start the conversation. And then once that the reconnection is there, then maybe you just drill down little by little. And so it's... It's like anything. I think, you know, people don't open up unless they value and trust the other person. And so if you haven't seen someone for 10 years, you're obviously not close friends, so you're probably not going to launch <laughs> straight into that deep 
conversation, how you're going, other than more of a superficial level. But even on a superficial level, I think it still has its value in these times, just the connection. I suppose it doesn't hurt, does it? That's right. And it's often, you know, we feel the awkwardness, but the other person, even though they might not say it and they might think, well, I think it's all connection, you know, it's just that that when we're connected, even if it's not at the deepest level, it's still much more powerful and beneficial than not connecting at all. You know, we can only do our best, you know, it's that whole scenario, do our best and let the results be as they are. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And your point shows that people need people. We need, uh, you know, to connect with with each other. And, you know, one of the antidotes to being unhappy that I talk about is obviously, you know, expressing gratitude in a journal to yourself on the fly, whenever you experience uh, something positive. But what you've, what you've raised is actually even deeper and more beautiful because sometimes when I say to someone, Hey, just sit down and express your gratitude. They, they're so, they're so deep in that hole that, Mm. There's, they can't think of anything to feel grateful for. So it's, it's futile. So sometimes the best, uh, it may be the longest path to happiness, but you bypass gratitude and go straight to giving. And I love that uh, example you gave of Guy who said, go and help this lady clean up so we can find happiness by giving. So, yeah, the are you okay day is really as much as for the person that's asking the question than the person receiving it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the other things, while you were talking about gratitude, the other things that you do very well and what I want to get you back on my podcast to talk about, which I think is relevant here, is journaling. So for those people that are maybe listening, that finding this whole gratitude thing, as you're saying, it's just they can't get their head around it. They're so deep in the the mire that they just can't think anything that they're grateful for then to maybe take a step back from that and just just write out what they're talking about. I'm no psychologist, but from what I understand from the research and what psychologists say is that just writing out our thoughts, and they're not good thoughts, this is people writing out how bad they're feeling and how low they are and no one loves them and, I'm, you know, it's just but at least expressing it because what would happen in a traditional culture you know the indigenous cultures and the native american cultures and all these longer living cultures you know at the end of a day for example if there was a problem in the community or one person they would actually they would highlight it you know they might put it into a dance or a corroboree or a you know some sort of theatrical performance of it but it would be to address that issue so it gets resolved and the person can move on Pre-COVID, of course, the ideal is that we express those negative emotions to a loved one or someone close to us so we get it off our chest, metaphorically. In COVID, of course, we can't always do that because exactly what you pointed out, particularly in places like Victoria, we can't connect with others so much if we're living by ourselves, for example. So the less powerful way, but still powerful, is to just express it you know, say on paper, journal it, and you've probably got even better suggestions for how people can maximise that journaling process to to help process the emotional state um, when they can't do it in a more sort of uh, um, community forum. Now, we're doing uh, what I love most about uh, the wisdom that you share, Mark, is that it's not found in a bottle and a pill and a supplement and take this and do that. It's a a lot more about uh, doing stuff that, lets your innate uh, energy and your innate happiness shine through that it's your message is that it's always there. Don't feel like if you're going through a tough time physically or mentally or emotionally that that's gone. It's, it's always there. It's always Mm. there inside. And that's what what I really love about your podcast because that has that as the underlying, you know, theme as the foundation for your message. Uh, Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about, just more generally, and I want to get a little bit spiritual here because I'm finding that people are becoming more and more spiritual. As, as you've said, some of the positives of, you know, of this pandemic is that people are reconnecting not just with their family but with themselves, but there is something going on uh, spiritually. You know, 
even more recently, one of my family members, and I, I won't say who it was, who, uh, <laughs> don't want to embarrass them, but, but uh, just out of the blue said, uh, I want to read the Bible. I want to go to church. Mm. And I said, why? But oh, I'm just curious, you know? So people are curious about the spirituality. We're starting to realize, hey, there's more to life than mortgages, deadlines, rushing from here to there, um, you know, um, getting in your car, getting renewing your insurance. That's, that's not life, yeah. right? Life is not lived in that distraction mode. And people are realizing that now. And some of the people, yes, it is difficult. Like you said, uh, journaling is good because you need to feel to heal. And you feel yeah. most of that when you're journaling because it's a conversation with yourself and it's the hardest conversation to have. So spiritually, there is some sort of awakening happening. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because, or a lot about that, in fact, because yeah. at our first Upgrade Your Life event, you, you were telling me that we're on the cusp of a global consciousness, a movement, if you like. Mm. So can you tell our listeners and for people who are listening who are hardcore corporate people, stay yeah. tuned. This isn't, this isn't uh, uh, you know, as airy-fairy as you, you would think. Yeah, well, I've also um, done a couple of podcasts on this exact topic because um, basically you know, a couple of years ago in the Vedic, and, and when I say Vedic, the Vedic wisdom is, Veda means knowledge, but it doesn't mean external knowledge of sort of books and you know experts it's the knowledge of the fundamental laws of nature that govern our universe so you can't see them you can't touch them but we know that there's an invisible non-physical omnipotent intelligence that governs all of life and so we are literally not only connected to everything but essentially we are all one that's the really deepest wisdom of life and so a part of this vedic wisdom is the wisdom of astrology if you like it's called jyotish jyotish means light the word jyoti is the light it's the light of consciousness it's like if we're walking in the darkness if someone hands us a lamp we can walk the path and not get into trouble and we can take the right path that's smoother and easier and more enjoyable mm -hmm. and so the astrological pundits they're called a few years ago said that we are coming into the start of a golden age and even Nostradamus, however many years ago, I think it predicted in about five years time, 2025, was the start of a golden age for human civilization. Well, the Vedic pundits suggested that 2020, this year we're in, is actually a start of this shift, we called it earlier, a phase transition from our old ways of functioning as a world, you know, economy is the basis of life. Everything's about, you know, money and materialism and all our governments, it's based on the economy of the country. Well, that's starting to implode. The law we discussed earlier of destruction, dissolving, is breaking down those economic structures. Is that a bad thing? Yes, it's bad in the short term, absolutely. But is it good potentially? Yes, because as that unravels, then it's going to give way to a more spiritually based consciousness or awareness throughout our world. And we're seeing that. It's what this whole podcast has been about, this shift to people in your families wanting to read the Bible or to know what am I doing here on this planet? What's, what's life about? And I'm hearing about it every single day, even in the corporate world. I spoke at Citibank about a month ago to all their corporate banking and investment banking division. And it was about mental health and part of some of these sort of discussions. Two days later, they booked me for their entire bank because, you know, the messages are, are resonating. And so this is it. So we are moving into a more spiritual world and is there going to be pain in that process absolutely just as children and everyone goes through growing pains it's tough in many ways but we're getting rid it's like shedding the snake skin um but it's coming into a really really a high consciousness nearly everyone i know today meditates in some form they mightn't do the same meditation i do or that you do but everyone meditates even if they say going down the beach for a walk is there 
meditation. How many people do yoga? 30 years ago, when I first learned to meditate, I was an absolute wacko. I did yoga sun salutes before football training, you know, and I was did little intermittent fasting things 25 years ago when no one even knew it was called that. But today I'm just, I'm the average Joe. So, but these things like astrology and understanding the sort of these higher wisdoms, people are listening, thinking, oh, this Mark Bunny's a bit wacko astrology. It's a bit woo-woo. But I guarantee you in 10, 15, 20 years time, it'll be everyday life because it's a science and we can use that wisdom of understanding what's coming up in our future to light up our path. So we don't go down, you know, over the side of the cliff. We go the path that's more evolutionary and fun and enjoyable and grow to higher states of consciousness. And as we all do that more and more individually, then collectively the collective consciousness of the planet rises. And as I say, everything will uh, become much, much, better in time but uh yeah pretty challenging wow. in the short term <clears throat> what a beautiful world that sounds <laughs> mm. now when you uh when you say there's uh, pain in that process of evolving uh, you're just talking about economic pain and the mental anguish felt from economic pain from losing a job or um you know not being able to pay your mortgage or losing a business there's a lot of businesses that are going bankrupt. Uh, there's mm. police signs everywhere. <laughs> like you go in retail precincts, especially in Victoria. Um, how can people get through that quicker or easier or unscathed? Now, when, where there's pain, you've got to obviously acknowledge it and feel it. But what, what can people do to accelerate their uh, path to consciousness, to non-material happiness? Mm. Um, Again, my well, two two answers. One is uh, meditation. I think one of the again a really good thing that'll come out of this is people, because we can't be social and outward and always filling up our lives with the next restaurant date and the next cinema and the next theatre and we're getting into things like meditation and transcendence. But again, my answer would be for those that are struggling. You know, you lose your job. Imagine. You've got a family of two, three, four kids and you yep. lose your job or you, you know, someone in your, you're living with lose a job or your whole business goes under. There's a limit to what those individuals can do. Again, my thought is with this transition, it's not what they can do. It's more the onus is what everyone else around them that are maybe haven't lost their job are doing well financially uh, can help that because it's this is what a community is. You know, again, you think of those, you go to the third world countries, we all do it. You know, you go to Cambodia or Bali or, you know, certain European cultures and everything's just shared. You know, there's no, this is my pizza. <laughs> you know, this is my, it's like the poorer they are, the more likely they are to share things with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I just, my heart, when you talk about people like that, my just heart, it, it breaks. And I think, what can I do for these? What could I do for these people? You know, it's not what they can do. It's what those that are listening that are actually doing okay, mentally, emotionally, financially, economically, that instead of just being locked up in our own little, you know, silo, my world, I'm doing all right, stuff everyone else, you know, Give them, you know, let them borrow some money. And I think the government, we criticise the government so much, but I think what they've done federally, you Amazing. know, is yeah. absolutely unbelievable. I think it's mm. fantastic. And they are helping people to get through this. Um, but what can we do individually to, to do those things? So, yeah. What you said reminded me of uh, something I saw on uh, news, a video on YouTube of what happened in Beirut. Uh, obviously, I have a lot of relatives there and and a lot of the videos are showing it's actually people helping people. Mm. So it's people who live outside of Beirut or went into Beirut and, you know, they got their shovels and their masks. And and like like you said, the, the, the less people have and uh, the, the more they're helping each other. Mm. And 
that was like truly inspiring, absolutely inspiring. I mean, he, he's a country that, uh, you know, up until February were under economic collapse, a plummeting currency. People weren't allowed to withdraw their own money from the banks. And then COVID hit in Beirut. Yeah. And then they went into lockdown, which destroyed the economy. And then they had this blast. And I've got relatives there that who are sleeping in apartments you know with no windows yeah and luckily it's still less summer but i reached out to them and i said look what can i do I, i'll i'll send you some money and they said well, yeah. money can't help us we there's nobody here to install the windows we can't get the glass into the you know so it was a feeling of helplessness for an outsider but then you look on the inside like you yeah. said and it's people helping people and it's uh, young people you know, going and helping the elderly, clear, clearing their homes, yeah. bringing them food. And that's just, it's just like so inspiring. So you have nothing and you're still helping someone that has yeah. even less. Yeah. You know. And I think that's what you just talked about is essentially it. You know, it's not, it's not what money. And I think this is the lesson we're going to, we're learning more and more that we can live individually and collectively without 95% of what we think we have to have to yeah. live but you know you can live out in a little community that's got some water you got the sun you got the earth you can grow your own veggies someone grows carrots and they share the carrots with everyone living there someone else grows the zucchinis and, and we can do that now you know my parents live in a, a little sort of apartment com complex with seven units and exactly that you know when it first happened my parents are doing quite well you know they're in melbourne but they're in their, in their 80s but they're they're doing really well but they have people that come and knock on the door and say how are you going and they'll bring them some you know some cake that they've made or and it's those little things i think are just gold you know you just cook some food for dinner and you just go and take some and give it to the person next door or the person you know is living by themselves and maybe not feeling connected and it just makes such a difference so really your overarching message for the month of uh, October, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, is really the best charity comes from giving people not money, but your time and your energy and your company mm. and, um, and anything you've made with your hands <laughs> and your smile and your ears just to listen. And all those things are free and anyone that's living and breathing on the planet can give those things. It doesn't cost you anything. That's yeah. just so beautiful, Mark. Yeah. And just, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. It's that old analogy, whether it's in a business or whether it's in a sporting team or as a, a world as a whole. And so I'm not pitching anything I've discussed today. And as you say, the people that are really, really struggling, it's to maybe the others listening that are doing okay what they can do to help lift someone else in their environment or community up in some way and as you said you know it doesn't have to be a huge grand thing it's just little little everyday things that uh, their time or attention or or love so uh and that's what your community does and that's why it's always a great pleasure to join with you and uh, and chat through these things no, absolute uh, pleasure. And it's uh, a pleasure is all mine to have you on this uh, show. But uh, tell us, uh, you're going up to Byron Bay to talk at an event. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that or is it a little bit uh, secret? Um, no, no, no. But I just wish you hadn't mentioned Byron Bay because I'm sure most people listening, particularly those in Victoria, are now cursing me uh, even more thinking, oh, he's going up to beautiful Byron Bay. But that was a, um <laughs> event, sort of my phone in the background there. But, um, yeah, yeah, Koo and Ray, who um, many of your listeners will will know, a great sort of uh, business coach and entrepreneur. And um, he has an event, same thing. It was, you know, a, a once yearly event where he usually has his top sort of entrepreneurs and business mastermind group um, come together. But obviously with COVID, that's now a virtual event. And uh, because I'm um, out of Melbourne, I'm sort of just hob um, what is it, hoboing around New South Wales. So I thought I uh, would go up to <laughs> Byron Bay on the 22nd of September when they're uh, having their virtual event. And rather than doing it from my, uh, wherever I am at the time in a living room or something, I'll go up and record it uh, 
with Kerwin up there. So, um, yeah, no, it should be good. But, again, it's a, everything's about mental health. But for that group, obviously, most of them are doing pretty well. So it's more that sort of other end of the spectrum, those sort of little refinements in terms of sort of um, higher end mental performance and mindset and uh, business success. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Oh. I'm sure they're going to get a lot out of that. I wish I could be there to listen, yeah. to, listen to you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, as you know, Upgrade Your Life 2021 has been postponed, but we yes. are scheduling some um, amazing programs that uh, you are developing as well, some online programs, really practical, very exciting. Uh, uh, Bianca, who's our producer, has uh, told me a little bit about it, and she's getting very, very excited. So, for everyone that's listening, uh, stay tuned for Mark's online courses or programs or whatever we'd like to call them. But for, for me, I'd like to call them life-changing lessons <laughs> from a great teacher. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you uh, on the podcast again. Namaste, brother. <laughs> namaste and namaste to all your uh, dear listeners. And yeah, as I said, anyone particularly who's doing it tough at the moment, um, you know, heart goes out and a big cosmic virtual hug to them. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, live consciously, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things A Higher Branch and with the latest information from our incredible faculty of members and contributors, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you'd like to watch things, then head on over to our YouTube channel by the same name, A Higher Branch, and subscribe to that also. And if you want to go onto our mail list where you will receive even more special premieres and some really special offerings, head on over over to ahigherbranch.com and sign up to our mail list where you will receive a free copy of my ebook Guide to Greatness but you will also be on the mail list to be the first to receive a copy of my next book The Circle of Conscious Living which is due out later this year anyway thank you again for listening and I hope to be with you next time